Captain Slot, Stardate 20. Fucking two or whatever he cares. Uh, these are the continued voyages. The star uh, dates are only going to get harder because <laughs> the thing is, some two parters yeah. we're going to do is one episode, and some we're going to do as separate episodes. So if you're listening to this and you're like Eddie, it's not that difficult to get star dates down. <laughs> Literally, just go on Netflix and look at the number of the episode. That's the star yeah. date, and then just minus one. Well, do you know what? It's going to get so much harder from here on out. And this man has just had a fucking brain gamma, right? <laughs> so leave him, leave him alone. I see all your comments. I know all the comments <laughs> that I want to make, right? <laughs> and I don't. I hold it back because I'm like, yeah, all right. Maybe, maybe a man with a fully functioning mind should theoretically <laughs> be able to count to 23. <laughs> but who, who am I to... To, to call him out on it i was i've got to say like this week is one of the most disappointing weeks for me since we started doing this because in my head i naturally assumed mark following modern tv guidelines that there were 22 episodes of this season and it's only when i've gotten to this one that i've looked ahead and seen that there are in fact t- why is season one of all seasons of star trek the next generation the one that's got 25 episodes including the first one being a two-parter that's 26 episodes of what is objectively the worst episode of the worst season of Star Trek. I guess they just had 26 episodes left over from Star Trek Phase 2. That they were like, <laughs> well, we've paid people to write these, we might as well use them. And and, and more importantly, Mark, if I was going to end like my season one of my new Star Trek show in a dramatic fashion, and I also needed to kill off one of the bridge crew... I'd probably do those two things in the same episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> for for reasons that that will become apparent as we get to as we get chatting about this this nonsense. But um, how how are you? How's the, how has your how how you how you did? Uh, yeah, no, no, I've been all right. Like I said before, I watched all of Is It Cake, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I don't know if that's because it's a good show or because I've had stuff done to my brain. Uh, so, but uh, uh, I enjoyed that. And I almost got two extra dogs the other day. So um, Because we came out of our house to walk the dog and there were just two dogs in the street. Which um, I don't know where you're listening to this from, but that isn't something that happens in the UK. Um uh, we we got rid of like stray dogs don't really exist because everyone has to microchip them now and stuff like yeah. that. So, so we just come out. Yeah. Like, pe- people people are always like, oh, do you remember back in the nineties when dog shit used to be white? And I'm yeah. like, remember back in the nineties when there used to just be dogs in the street and no one knew who they were. <laughs> yeah. So that I come out. It feels like, like it feels like one was a. What, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we have solved both of those problems. I'm glad <laughs> that dogs are now getting the calcium that they require. Um, but yeah, it seems like it seems it's it's, it's odd that, that one of them is like a distinct memory and pop culture touchstone for people, and no one yeah. remembers that there used to just be random dogs like like just running around. No, they were yeah. common. It, no, but it was a thing. It wasn't, like you, you could occasionally them. just see a dog and be like, "There's no one with that." Well, we step out. There's a guy on the opposite side of the street, and there's two dogs. And then the guy like walks off, and I assume the dogs are his. I'm going to follow him, and then they just didn't. Yeah. And I was like, are these your dogs? And he was like, no. Uh, so we ended up having to like corral two dogs. At that point, like we're not walking our dog anymore. Our dog has to go back in the house. And we corralled these two dogs inside. And we're like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Battersea, 
whatever. Call a vet, we'll get them like scanned to see who they belong to, microchip wise. But what I was fully aware of is if these are two stray dogs, I, given the look on my girlfriend's face, what was going to happen is I'd end up owning three dogs. What, what um, types of dogs were they? Uh, they were collies, uh, so like like big, like bigger than our dog, black and white. One had pointy ears, one had floppy ears. But fortunately, after multi- apparently like getting through to Batsy Dogs Home, you ring them up and they's just like an answer machine going like, "Please leave us a message." It's like, but I've got- it's it's because dogs don't know how to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that might explain why it's so difficult to get a dog from Batsy Dogs Home. The dogs don't want to leave; they're running it like their own dog hotel. It's also uh, really awkward because they can't really work uh, the latch on a door either. <laughs> So when you, the last person who left it, like when, when Paul O'Grady done his last documentary in there, um, and then he left in like 2017, he went, well guys, it's been nice, see you later, and then he closed it and the latch shut behind him, and that's it, he's been fucked ever since. There's just dogs and cats yeah, running around. Reason. Uh, well, there's not that many cats anymore, the dogs uh, have eaten them for sustenance, because here's the, here's the thing, right, like everybody always says, you should get a dog rather than a cat. Because if you die in your own home, a cat will eat you, but a dog won't, which is A, untrue. A dog will, in fact, eat you faster than a cat. Um, and B, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because you're, you're dead. But um, if, you were yeah, to, like, if, if, if you were to leave dogs and cats in a charity for five years, the dogs are going to take over. Do you know what I mean? People think of dogs as these amazing, loyal creatures. When, when really, I mean, as soon as as soon as there's a situation where there's no one else in charge of them, they will become a fascist dictatorship. Cats don't have that. No, no, I, I disagree with you. That I, my dog is definitely fully socialist. Um, my dog doesn't believe in the concept of private property. No. Uh, ownership is theft. Uh, yeah. And I know that because my dog treats every item in the house as if they are just hers. Yeah. Uh, including all of the cat's toys. The cat has now got one toy left and a cardboard box the cat likes. And the dog is slowly trying to destroy both of those things as well. <laughs> well, um. it's like, it's like you know, it's like Jeremy Corbyn's 2015 election slogan. If you piss on it, it's yours. <laughs> it's the closest we came to get rid of the Tories as well. So just <laughs> the problem was they pissed mind. on more. Because they had quite, they had a lot of piss left over that hadn't been spent at Margaret Thatcher's grave. <laughs> somebody, somebody, the Tory wants to put like get a Margaret Thatcher day in, and it's like it's weird that like the entire nation would be expected to queue up to piss on a grave on the same day. I, uh, I would, <laughs> what I would do as like a form of protest is I would just try and skip through the entire day. By just putting on a blindfold and, and like ear muffs and just like pretending to not exist. That'll that'll fucking show them. But it can't be publicly owned, it's gotta be privatised. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever thinks they can make the most money off, they're allowed a body. They can have everything. Uh like if you minute. think you can make money dancing Margaret Thatcher's corpse through the streets of London like some grim marionette, fucking well, let's let's see let the market decide. So what you're saying <laughs> is that Margaret Thatcher Day should be something like a version of the purge? Where all government <laughs> regulations for twelve hours are rendered null and void. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon that the Tories have got us, are short-sighted enough that Dominic Raab particularly wouldn't realise he needed to pay off the police for twenty-four hours. Yeah. Whereas I'll slip. I'll slip of a Twix. Get in. 
Have you ever seen um, the... How how up are you on the Purge franchise? Let's see. I've seen. I've. I've. I've weirdly, I've not seen Purge one. I've seen Purge two, because uh, I got told that was the good one because yeah, it had Frank yeah. Grillo in it. Yeah. Uh, basically, just being the Punisher during the Purge, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm up for that. Yep. Um, that's it. That's all I've seen. I've seen um, not only every film, but every episode of the two seasons of a television show that they that they released. <laughs> Um, and uh, one of the one of the, the plot points in the first purge uh, is that they instigate the purge, right? And uh, there's a woman, there's a character in it who looks like she's played by Marissa Tomei, and it's not Marissa Tomei, and it's all that I could think about while I was watching that film because, I, I mean, it, it, that's not a surprise. Ninety nine percent of the entertainment that I consume is just to distract me from thinking about Marissa Tomei, but. <laughs> Um, one of the plot points is that they start doing the purge in like this one county in New Jersey or maybe it's the whole of New Jersey I can't really remember but they say all crime will be legal for 12 hours but then it kicks in and it's like two hours into the purge and they're like these people are just dealing drugs and having parties so they have to send in mercenaries to start shooting people because at the end of the day it's just to get rid of the poor right if Britain instigated a purge, I think they would have almost the same problem, but I think the one thing that the Tories would be disappointed about is just the overwhelming number of people who park on a double yellow line. <laughs> oh, no, no, screw that. I'm parking at the the, uh, the mother-child spots at Tesco's. I'm, I'm, take that system. I'm going to park... Uh, do you know, like, at a, at a crossing? I'm going to park just like in between the two bits of fences so that no one can get through I mean the thing is I do live walking distance from Westminster so I will at first be like oh I can park wherever I want but then I will go murder a Tory Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to aim for like a top level one you won't get anywhere near them but like like nobody on on the the, the first day of the purge nobody's going after Rob right (laughs) he's useless (laughs) and effective you won't even remember he exists until like like, the purge is over oh we need to get Rob I'm going for Rob he's mine I've earmarked him <laughs> do it. No, don't do it. I, I, do, I don't support this in any way. If it goes to you court, you could lock that man in a wardrobe and he'd get outwitted by the wardrobe and die. So it's. Uh, <laughs> um, you'd be really confused anyway, about to... the lion and the witch inside. <laughs> anyway, to bring this back round, uh, we found the person who owned the dogs and gave them back. Uh, <laughs> I was oh good. Oh, I forgot about the dogs. Um, I'm glad yeah. to hear it. I, I hope the I hope the conclusion to that story was going to be. There was a, a sheep herding competition that was happening in Yorkshire that just these two dogs, they really lost. <laughs> they left in protest after somebody let a pig join. Uh, <laughs> uh, absolute saint. But how have, you ever, have you ever seen the deleted scene from Babe where there's two collies going through the rule book and one of them <laughs> saying to the other, I mean, there's nothing in here that specifically says a pig can't compete. <laughs> And then the other dog's like, yeah, I know. And you know what? We did fight hard for the civil rights of being able to play basketball. So <laughs> if we take this right away from another species, you know, who who are we? Like we That makes I, us the bad guys. I'm fully accepting that the Bait movies and the Airbud franchise take place in the same universe. Uh, so. <laughs> I also hope that they take place in the same universe as the Eddie Murphy uh, Doctor Doolittle films. <laughs> so that all all the animals in the world can all speak to each other, but there's just one guy that can hear what they're saying. 
um, and he has to relay <laughs> the information. Like when they go, to the, he has to be their guy, the representative at the United Nations. <laughs> and he's like, "But I'm just a vet, or whatever." Was he a vet? <laughs> I can't really. I think, I think he was. was just a vet. That was his. Yeah, that was his doc. That was very good. But also, that brings up the question: What? Because I've not, I've not watched the Eddie Murphy. When did he realize he could talk to animals? Because he must have been around them quite a lot, right? So I've just remembered the entire. So I've just, I've just taken a little shot on my personal relaxation light there, right? <laughs> and I've just remembered the entire plot of the original Doctor Doolittle Eddie Murphy film. In the beginning, right, okay. um, it's when he's a wee boy in like the seventies, and he's talking to a, a dog. And the dog says, we like to sniff each other's butts. That's how we say hello to each other. So he meets, I think it's like a schoolmate's parent or something. And he goes around and he sniffs their butt, sniffs their butt and goes, oh, how you doing? Nice to meet you. After that, his parents scold him hard enough that he forgets he has the ability to speak to animals. And and, and can just like, like, what a fucking beating that must have been, honestly. That, like, <laughs> that kid must have been beaten into an actual coma. Um, and and then and then, you know, the the part of his brain that that realizes that he can decipher animal speech must must have been quite badly damaged because he then spends about twenty years becomes adult Eddie Murphy with all that entails, and <laughs> then he and it's not like see in a traditional movie structure, you would have him be like. I do like what is the job in the world that's most anti-animal? Is it president of a seal clubbing corporation or something? <laughs> you have him do that, but no, they make him a vet. He's around animals all the time. How does he just forget this? Unless, as I posited earlier, his parents kicked the utter shit out of them for what is barely an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, especially when it's like, why did you do that? A dog told me. Hold on a minute back up (laughs) (laughs) this feels like it's a money making like we could make a lot of money off of you being able to talk to animals let's investigate that for at least 10 minutes i i have warned laura right because we we i really like um horror movies not all horror movies i like very specific horror i like ghostbusters yeah. And movies that are basically like Ghostbusters, but a bit scarier or a bit funnier, right? The spectrum. <laughs> of, um, and in a lot of those movies, one of the plot points is that like the kid will spot something happening, something weird, something strange in their neighbourhood, perhaps. And they'll be like, that don't look good. And they'll go and they'll tell their parents, to which the parents will say, there's, fuck up, there's, shut up, get back to bed, there's nothing to be afraid of. I have warned Laura more than once that I will believe a child's supernatural experience (laughs) I think in my opinion very much faster than she will (laughs) and and it's not the reason I'm saying it is is to give her a warning is to be like you are going to come out the bad guy on this my my (laughs) personal rule on believing a child has psychic abilities is very simple most of the time, no. Yeah. No. However, Mark, if I, in the future, have written a book and therefore am a writer and decide to write my next book by taking some time alone in a small town in Maine, mm. right? And there is an unexplained psychic child. I will believe that child is psychic immediately. 
If I learned anything from the Stephen King miniseries of the late 80s and early 90s, it's that that child has real psychic abilities. Don't trust the priest, right? Yeah, 100% agreed. And it's fine that you've got a drinking problem. You're still going to be able to be the hero because <laughs> Stephen King was working through a lot of his own issues. Unless, unless you are a character in which this is taking place in a hotel, in which case, yes, you might be like, well, isn't that the exact same story? Yeah, except you are the bad guy. But hey, yeah. at least you're not fucking kids. <laughs> speaking let's, of, let's, uh, let's... yeah, no. Speaking, speak, <laughs> speaking of bad, um, <laughs> would you say this episode is as bad as paedophilia? Um, in fact, no. Actually, following the logic of this episode itself, the bad guy in this episode must be at least a bit of a nonce. Right, the bad guy is literally an entire species brought all of their negative feelings, like everything bad about them, to the surface. And then they shed it off and left it in a puddle. Yeah, right, they, did a, they the did a Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that means, it, that, like, all of the negative things of an entire species. So that means that there must be some nonce in there. Unless this was a species that didn't have nonces, but still thought their own behaviour was bad enough that they needed to do the whole excrete through sweat thing. Something bad happened on that planet. Right? I mean, <laughs> but then also, wouldn't it be the case that if it's all, if, if it's, because I think they do say that it isn't, it's not specifically all like sub, all objective evil. It, it's, I guess it's sub, subjective bad and negative. Yeah. Now, that obviously comes down to Again, subjectivity. So if there's a, you know, if there's a highly orthodox religious person who is, uh, like tamping down, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, like tamping down on their own repressing, repressing, repressing their own latent homosexuality. Then in their mind, the negative that they're going to put in that creature is that it's just going to be an absolutely flaming gay man, um, <laughs> and. And 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 the problem is that's I I don't think that's bad. I'm I've, no, I'm, I'm I'm quite on record on this podcast as being pro gay, <laughs> pro gay, pro IRA. That's the <laughs> that's the tagline. But um, uh, we combine the two into what we call the IR gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you was a planet where if there was a planet where it was like that, they did believe homosexuality to be a sin, and they were trying to expel all of the homosexuality. Wouldn't the creature just be Jonathan Van Ness from? Queer eye, <laughs> <laughs> just deeply fabulous and incredibly positive, and just really helpful to the crew. Just tell Riker to grow a beard. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that, the experiment wouldn't work if you'd done it on a subjective level because basically there, there, there aren't that many things that most people agree on that are objectively evil. A lot of people just think a lot of things are bad that other people think are equally good. So if you got your entire species to project their negative qualities and thoughts into one single creature, it would just end up being a very centrist, like, moderately political person, (laughs) but who does murder and uh, molest children, I guess. Which, which, yes, is evil, obviously, once again, but... So like it wouldn't even be like it would just oh, be a, it would just it. be a regular 
somewhat so, ugly person. <laughs> oh, we thought it would be a get. We thought we'd do all evil stuff, but it turns out uh, like like it would be like really in favour of enslaving everyone. But it turns out one of the people we had involved in this experiment was the CEO of Nestle, and he says that slavery is all right. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. That'd be the problem. And even then, murder wouldn't work because there would be there would be enough people who don't necessarily glorify murder, but think enough that murder is fine and even good in the case of you know pe- like like people that they think deserve the death penalty yeah yeah this is a this is a i mean it, it, this isn't the reason this is a bullshit episode the reason this is a bullshit <laughs> episode is it, it goes much further than the philosophical debates about this the, i mean this conversation so far has a better structure yeah, um, it's it's the plot of this episode. If I, just to sum it up as simply as possible, is a is a is an oil monster kills Tasha Yar. Yeah, uh, that's it. A ten minute segment uh, stretched into forty five minutes, and the monster's yeah. motivation is he wanted to, because <laughs> he felt like it, but also yeah. sometimes he's sad. So it's it's about imagine Avengers Endgame if twenty minutes into Avengers Endgame. Thanos went, actually, see that thing about destroying half the universe? I won't do that. And then <laughs> Captain America goes, well, thanks. And then Thanos went, mm, on second thought, no, maybe I will. And then at the end of the episode, he basically decides not to... At the end of the movie, he decides not to do everything, leaving there only one person dead and Peter Quill really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, right, so the, 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 the episode starts with um, they're going to pick up Councillor Troy. She's who been to is, a conference. And I quote, at a conference, which, what kind of conference? Is it a Beta Z Councillor conference? In which case, is it just a bunch of people sitting in a theatre while there's one person on stage who says, I hope you're all ready for a good time? And then every single person in the audience turns to the other person next to them and goes, I think he's hiding something. <laughs> um, I, I want to do a big shout out for a big moment of bravery in this episode as well because um, Troy is coming back by shuttle with an unnamed crewman uh, and I just think that crewman really needs to thank Denise Crosby for choosing to quit Star Trek The Next Generation because <laughs> otherwise he would have been murdered so hard <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's what I was going to bring up in response to something that you said earlier. Um, I actually think, and I and I've read a, a few people that have said similar, that it's entirely appropriate that Tasha Yar goes out six minutes into an episode with absolutely no fanfare. She just gets instantly taken out by some tar monster because that's what happens to security people on the Enterprise. She's she's basically well, a red shirt. See, that's that's the interesting point, Mark. Because I, I, it occurred to me watching this, so I actually went and did look this up. Um, this is only the third confirmed death we've had on board this Enterprise, which does seem to highlight that either health and safety has massively improved in the century or so since the original <laughs> Enterprise, or just Picard cares about his crew significantly more than Kirk did. Right, we have yeah, Sing. Sing. Uh, Ramos was killed by one of the Klingons. Yep, that's right. And then Tashia. Oh. So you've got you, you, as a, bear in mind that the crew 
is significantly larger than the bridge officers. Yeah. You're more likely to die on board this Enterprise if you're a named member of the bridge crew <laughs> than if you're a faceless red shirt. It's, a, it's uh. the same thing that um, uh, being the president of the United States is, I think, in like the top 25 deadliest jobs you can have in the US. <laughs> because yeah. so many of them have been assassinated. And yet there's, there's only been 46 of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, I, I... So obviously um, this happened because Denise Crosby wanted out. Yeah. Um, and having watched all of season, a lot of people make fun of Denise Crosby for wanting to leave, like leaving Star Trek at the worst possible moment. But having watched season one yeah. in its entirety... No, yeah. I, I, if this is what you think the show's going to be, I, I get it. Yeah, big um, thing. And yeah, I, I, she didn't like the fact that she was basically like a hura, like she was just there to be there as some sort of window dressing and have it like the occasional line. And obviously, in later years, Nichelle Nichols did a lot more with the role, but it required her hanging around for, in her case, about thirty fucking years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and. The, she does. She does get little moments. She gets a really nice little moment in this episode, uh, where Worf is. They're just on the bridge and they're talking about the martial arts competition. Yeah, the, that's very specifically mar- the martial arts competition. You know where they're all going to do the martial art. Yeah. Not not a specific one. It's not judo. <laughs> it's not Krav Maga. It's just that one one martial art they have in the future. Yeah. Did, St- did all the martial fighting. arts? But I just but. Destroyed in the post and something horror, and all that's left is that thing where Kirk hits you on the back with both fists. To be fair, <laughs> um, I, I know that obviously they cost a lot to learn, but martial arts are largely ineffectual against nukes. <laughs> and I don't know if Steven Seagal knows this, but if someone really uh, should tell him just just in see, case, just in case it makes him want to get out of uh, Russia. It, if you've, if you've seen Under Siege, you'll know that martial arts are actually very effective against nukes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I I really like that little moment, and I, and I think, yeah, um, for me, it was something that. Look, I again, I, I've said several times, I have never really watched Star Trek next gen with any great conviction before i've seen the odd episodes and i've like i've i've seen all the ones about the borg and i've i've i kind of watch it every now and again when it was on tv this is my first concerted effort this is the first time i have seen most of season one and so the the little very human moments that you you get in this season i think a thing that's keeping me going is that i know that there's a lot more coming and a lot better ones you're right, like, Denise Crosby did leave at the worst possible time, because from here on out is kind of where we start becoming much more of a character show. Well, it, uh, here's an interesting point that I feel, though, is I don't know if that would have happened if Denise Crosby hadn't left. Right. Because I feel the very first version of that that you properly get is in this episode. It's not a good episode, but there is the bit where they have... Um, at the end of the episode, they have um, Tasha Yar's funeral in um, on the holodeck in the um, default desktop from Windows XP, uh, <laughs> and uh, where... and Beverly Crusher's uh, blue suit uh, they discovered cannot be chroma keyed against a blue sky. So there are two shots in the funeral where she is wearing a green uniform. 
Oh, okay, right. That yeah. makes sense. Um, I'm, I mean, I mean, look. Obviously, this episode is, is all over the place. I mean, I mean, that's, shall we talk about the funeral? Yeah, let's just talk about the yeah. funeral. Yeah. So it's a recorded message that Tasha Yar has, um, where she's semi-transparent, despite the fact that that isn't at all necessary on the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, she tells everybody on board like she like says what she loves about them and, and why she's thankful for them and because we're so early in star trek and the, the characterization and writing has been so bad in season one it feels like that a lot of this is drawn from absolutely fucking nowhere <laughs> like and, and it's like then with what they decide to build the characters based on i we, we, the, the first thing she says is to the first people she really speaks to are, are troy and beverly and i'm like yeah. have you even spoken to them in the show <laughs> yeah yeah she also says that she compares data to a child which is fucking weird yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um and the whole thing about like she does she talks to picard who's like oh i like i didn't know i don't know what it's like to have a father because i never had one but and so i don't know if you're like a father to me but i i know that i i respect you and i, I love it. it's weird it's weird but yeah, but it's like I say, it's like the first time you get these things, and then afterwards the writers were like, "Oh, we've actually for the first time had to put in writing what these characters are, yeah, <laughs> other than their job title." So now <laughs> that's what we're working from. Uh, so, do you think how how high up do you have to get in Starfleet before you get to record a death message for the bridge crew? <laughs> I think. I think anyone's allowed to record uh, like a death message, right? But there's only two holodecks, so if like four people die, that'd be like that'd be a harsh way of finding out that you're that you're like you'd find out from the order they were loaded up on. Oh, apparently (laughs) not like that. Oh, I thought like oh, I thought was down on deck forty-seven. I thought we were quite popular, but apparently fourth. Fourth out of everybody died today is is is, is, is Steve. Well, technically, it's uh, the way that I would get around that, right? Is I'd be like, well, technically, it's an alphabetical order, but because there are other species that have different alphabets than we do, we also have to take that into account, and that is how I would get away with doing absolutely zero work if I was the guy who loaded the funerals into the hologram. I'd just be like, right, next one, and right, boof, right, there you go. The other thing with this isn't like isn't it established Star Trek lore at this point? Like they put the body in a tube and fire it out into space. Yeah, I said to Laura, I was like, at this point, I we have had at least one Starfleet funeral, and this is not how it worked. <laughs> and they have that body because they took it back to the Enterprise, and I wrote down first of all, Doctor Crusher didn't put this much effort into saving Mister Singh, and. <laughs> That's, that's true. She did not. The, there's one, the one problem I have with that scene as well is that that scene basically implies that death is a very curable condition in Starfleet yeah. if you can catch it early enough. Yeah, which she is dies nonsense. She's she's announced dead on the planet. Yeah, and then they beam her back to the transporter room, and then they take her down a corridor to Star to sick bay rather than beaming her directly to sick bay, which seems like it would be yeah. more logical and time saving maneuver. <laughs> And then there's also there's that thing of oh, doctors pronouncing oh, time of death, uh, it's this. That's obviously a very official thing. So her to, lie, her to sit down next to her and go, she's dead. 
let's get her back on board, see if we can do anything about this. Like, nah, come on, Bev. You've like this is a navy <laughs> operation. You, you maybe maybe you should be careful about saying who's dead and who's not. Eh? You you are after yeah. all the only doctor on this ship, as far as we're aware. <laughs> and if you get fired for blatant admin misconduct, where's that going to leave us? Who are we going to put in charge then, Jordy? No, I assume that like it's there's only one doctor allowed on ship, which is why the second in command in sick bay is an incredibly elderly woman who apparently is just an ensign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like even though that woman's whoever's the the grey haired woman in sick bay with Beverly and is still an ensign, either joined Starfleet late in life or has absolutely fuck all ambition. <laughs> what would, what would you record? What for my uh, my holographic yeah. uh, death? Um, temptation is just to do the uh, to just recreate Tony Stark's from in from Endgame. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's either that. I, I, another good one would be look, guys. Thank God you found this recording. I'm worried it might be corrupted. Anyway, the treasure is buried at, and then just have it glitch out. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just say time is but a doorway, death is but a window. I shall return. You, and you always get that quote wrong, which is, is, is very impressive. Um, death is but a door, time is but a window, I'll be back. Clean, mate. There's no, there's no meat on that line. Um, <laughs> what I would do, right, is... Because obviously, I, I imagine the way that you record a hologram is that you... You probably do it in the holiday. You, there's probably some kind of virtual camera that you can set, right? It'll be like a rendering program. Um, and uh, what I would do is I would say thank you all for coming here today I'm so glad that you could be gathered in my memory let me tell you some stories that I want you to, and some things about me that I want you to remember me by and then I would turn 180 degrees round to the back and start telling the story so that they then would have to move <laughs> around um, and to get to the other side right and then, I, and then I would do this every fifth maybe every 10 to 15 seconds or so so that they would have to keep so that they would either have to choose right to stop doing it and listen to some <laughs> funeral stuff coming from the back of my head or one of them would need to be like i know this is his last message but it's so fucking annoying computer can you just have him always facing the front like like literally editing the last thing i ever wanted anyone to hear because they were so I... pissed off with the format that i did it in What's just occurred to me is like you could edit in a jump scare, yeah. Like you could have like 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 get somebody to come close and then like turn into the girl from the ring. <laughs> See if Laura um, on her phone recorded me like her last message before she died and she done it in portrait mode. I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> well, what is this fucking TikTok? No. <laughs> You don't. You don't have your TikTok loaded up to like. If, if I don't press a button every twenty four hours, there's a bunch of TikToks that's just upload for after my death. Uh. Oh, I. Oh, I. I've, oh, yeah. I've got some very damaging evidence about some people. Yeah, big time. Um. So at the beginning of the episode, they yeah. are. They get a distress call from from Ben Ensign Ben, who's Ensign flying ben. Uh, Troy's shuttle. Uh, but they are refitting the dilithium crystal ch- chamber in the in the warp drive, the warp yeah. engine. So uh, they're on impulse power, and then they find that, that, that Troy's in trouble. 
So Picard hails down to the, the to engineering and uh, says... Wayland T. Lynch is our engineer for this episode. Yeah, who's, yeah exactly. <laughs> our rotation of chief engineers. And he says, you know, how long is it going to take to get the dilithium back in? 20 minutes. We don't have it. Okay, I'll do it by hand. It'll only take three. So he wags it in. No, no checks. By the way, this is the dilithium crystals that power and maintain the Manti antimatter field. Yeah. That, that's what makes warp drive happen. And all I wrote down was, is risking a giant antimatter explosion really worth saving Troy? No, but Ben is really well liked by the crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they actually went to his funeral first. I, <laughs> I would have been... I, I, one thing I did like about this episode is it's the first time we got to see dilithium crystals, and it's yeah. a really fancy term for what is obviously just quartz. Yeah, <laughs> it's just rose quartz. It's like yeah, that that has apparently got the secret of warp technology locked inside it somewhere. Why is nobody researching rose quartz apart from hippies? I, you know that yeah, you know that way that there is, and I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know whether it came from the kind of new age hippie movement of putting vibes into crystals but there's a lot of sci-fi tv shows especially space faring sci-fi tv shows where information is saved on quartz or on crystal like it's like a, yeah. kind of a usb stick so what if you could walk around a beach and just pick up a random quartz stone and put it into a computer and then just terabytes upon terabytes of pornography <laughs> just everyone who's ever fucked on that beach yeah has left this oh, possible because it's the only information worth saving, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's all that's going to be left of the human race. Uh, just porn floating through space and that copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that's in the glove box of that Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I, I, this, this, this episode made me, gave me a question that I've, I've not considered before. Cause, so they, go to, they can go to warp one. Yeah. Um, because it's not like up and running, but it's faster than fucking nothing so they're doing a warp one um as the enterprise is going along the mark we've not addressed this what are the white specks the white specks that appear during warp whizzing past because they can't they're not stars yeah they're not stars are they i mean the stars are massive and really far apart like it takes them a while to get between the stars at warp those aren't stars i mean do you want the boring answer is it just so to make warp look cool? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, 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 just to, it's just to give you a sense of speed um, <laughs> and of being in space. Because oh, what right. would probably happen with warp is that either uh, everything would just be black because we'd be flying so fast that light wouldn't make it in the window in time. Um, <laughs> or um, everything would look like there'd be like a point here and then everything would be warping around it and kind of looking inflated. And it would look like a giant anus. So <laughs> your choices, Eddie, are nothing or anus. Which one do you take? Well, that, whenever I'm given that choice, the answer is always anus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, I, can, I, I choose to believe that there is some white powder. Like what we don't know about. In Star, but shortly before humans became space powder, there was the Great Talcum Powder War. <laughs> it just left a fine white dust spread liberally across the across all of space. <laughs> it's the uh, it's just the the cocaine that that blows out of Gene Roddenberry's <laughs> office. 
No, that's it. That's it. The Q when the Q collective sit around and decide to do some cocaine, they do it off the universe. They get the universe out, lay it down. I guess you would because it's black, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So it makes it easier to see. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's why they're able to appear inside the universe because they want to make it look like a mirror, so it looks like the lines are a bit far. <laughs> Anytime you see. Q turn up in an episode of TNG. He's just looking for a bit of coke that went missing. <laughs> just uh, the episode. Across. He's like, "I oh, fuck the cart here. Uh, let's pretend I've got a reason." Uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> exactly. Is that, by the way, is that why they do coke off mirrors? Why do they? Do, why do they do that? Yeah. Why do they? Yeah. Do that? <laughs> why does that happen? I mean, surely that's what the. Uh, that's what the, the, the cover of Independence Day is for. Like, that's that <laughs> DVD that I found in my flat. Um, that I think I think was a Russian copy of Independence Day, so we were never going to watch it. <laughs> I, I do, I, if, 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 if I have to do it off something, we're going to do it off a particularly nice bit of vinyl that I've got. Not the album, like the, the cover. Usually off the Tron Legacy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, 70, yeah, nah, 70 nah, nice. fu- £75 for that special limited edition repressing and more than that in shipping to get it from the United States of America. <laughs> but fuck, it's good. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, um, so Should we talk a bit about the fucking killer, Armus? Yeah. The blue, the black goo creature. So like we said, he's like, um, he's like, blue, he's, he's basically all of the evil of this race and they sloughed him off and left him here. Um, and he just kills them at random. But then also, Troy like psychoanalyzes him a bit, and it's like, oh, if you can bring his rage to the surface, uh, it's a thing. Um, and he kills Tasha by like zapping her, and then she's got a bit of blood on her face that looks exactly like a Gorbachev's birthmark. Um, and then, um, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. And then he kidnaps Riker and tortures him. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. All he's he keeping he's him alive, alive under the he's because he drags him yeah. into the tar, and he keeps him alive. Yeah. Um. He's a sh- all I've got in my notes is this is such a shit alien. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. It's it. It just it's it. it, it oh. First of all, the first time you see it, it looks like an Alex Mack style, like liquid slick, and I have there is there is no worry whatsoever in my mind that this show is being listened to by anyone young enough to not understand the reference to Alex Mack the secret world of the secret uh, uh, yeah Alex Mack <laughs> colon the secret world of uh, I'm sure I'm sure you remember it James um, but <laughs> where where is the reboot of that Mark she's a girl whose superpowers are she can turn into a puddle that's it that's all she's got it's she gets, is it she gets exposed to toxic waste and weirdly, Jessica Alba's in it. Uh. Oh yeah, uh, she gets it. No, I, I, no, I, I do think, and I, and I, I will fuck it. Look, I, I don't know how many times I need to say it. I will die on the hill of of my own sense of knowledge about the lore of the secret world of Alex Mack. <laughs> I would bet some money. On her also having the ability to conduct electricity, but maybe yeah. not necessarily to generate it. I I think she can power things. And I I I also distinctly know that there's like an energy drink that she reacts to, and it gives us super strength instead. 
Yeah, but, that's she, right, but, yeah. She, but she can't be a puddle at those points. And I think she like has orange skin. But I also remember that she immediately, with having super strength, is like, right, we're going to the junkyard. I'm going to see if I can lift it. <laughs> if I can lift a car. Because the great thing is she doesn't have to worry about the super strength wearing out while she's lifting a car. Because if it does, she can just turn into a puddle. <laughs> yeah. It... Hold on, you vamp for a minute. It was a weird show, now I come to think about it. And it's one of the many things I'd like to talk about more than Armos, the shit alien. But La- no, yeah, you're right. Larissa, sub- La- Larissa Olenek. Yeah. What's she doing these days? She's been in some stuff because I've Googled her in the past for reasons. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely didn't Google actress from Alex Mack, only fans. <laughs> she's in... She's in a... Uh, well, she's not in a lot. Uh, she's in Mad Men. Yeah, she's one of those actors who is barely in anything. And then when she turns up, I go, ah! And then whoever I'm in the room with, who is under the age of 37, <laughs> I then have to explain to them what the secret world of Alex Mack was and why I'm so impressed. And then and then have to also then admit that I only really half remember it. And I probably have only ever watched in total about seven episodes. Uh- <laughs> uh, yeah, the only episode I remember is... Because I, I, there's a company... There's a, if I remember right, they see and look. They, after obviously, after we finish all of Star Trek, we'll do the Secret World of Alex Mack, right? But if I remember we'll do it right, before we do Discovery, the, the company, the company that makes the toxic waste, is trying to cover up, like that this happened. But they then discover that oh my god, a teenager got affected by this toxic waste and can turn into a big silver puddle. So they send out a, I think either a private investigator or like a member of the company to go and try and find her and he finds her he witnesses her doing this but then lies to the company that it's Alex Mack because he fancies her mum or something oh yeah <laughs> 90s Nickelodeon was wild there was a fucking yeah. Dracula live action series on 90s Nickelodeon and I remember it being terrifying yeah, no, kids TV in the nineties. What, what? If you, if you're not familiar with this time period, what you need to understand is it was TV in the eight in the nineties was only ten years divorced from the British, when British kids TV was entirely public service videos about how you would fucking die. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, have you gone? Like if you, are you do you live on a nineteen seventies housing estate where you still haven't rebuilt filth from the stuff from the war? Bet there's an area where you go hang out and it's full of shopping trolleys and water. You're gonna drown. You're gonna drown. <laughs> Literal. <laughs> these are videos in which like death was a recurring character. If if you want a giggle, Mark, I will after we've recorded this, I will send you over a link for the video of the kid who loses both of his legs playing on a uh, because he's playing on the train tracks. And it ends with the police giving his mum back her back his football boots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> what? Because he'll need them now, won't he? And then he just sits. And then and then because it's the uh, the seventies, it's the kid is sat in a wheelchair alone in a room where he's just left where he will never have a life because fuck being disabled in Britain in the seventies. They'll just they'll just use him to bring in more PIP than he gets now. Um. <laughs> Imagine that! Imagine the cop had just handed her both of his legs, with the football boots still on. <laughs> Better unlace these. <sighs> Actually, um, just pull them out. <laughs> Armus. So they they try to again. This is a ten minute segment of a of another episode 
that they've stretched into 45 minutes for some yeah. bizarre reason. Um, but the at one point, him and Riker tried to have a philosophical debate. I, and, I, and he, you know, Riker says, uh, we want to see our injured comrade. Armist goes, why? And he, Riker says, well, we, you know, we, we, we think that all life is sacred, to which Armist again goes, why? Uh, to which I was sitting there going, I mean, it's not a useful argument, but it's it's something that maybe Riker should ask himself. Um, and then Riker says, we believe that all right, all life has a right to exist, to which Armist replies, an interesting notion which I do not share, which ironically is word for word a conversation that I've had with someone in a pub in Hampshire. <laughs> Who also appeared out of a sort of black gooey puddle, in 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 the ground outside. It was quite well, bizarre. Interestingly enough, Mark, um, up until the uh, late, up until I think it was the eighties, the uh, Conservative Party of the UK didn't actually have a process in place in which to um, elect a new leader. The the official wording of their documentation was, "When the time is right, a new leader will emerge." And I can only assume <laughs> that was a direct reference to Armus. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Um, yeah, but um, it's nice to see that the sort of things that the people of this planet do think were wrong, because you could tell from Armus's behaviour, if they if he does something, they thought it was bad and they got it out of themselves. Uh, for example, he knocks Geordie's visor off. Yeah. So they were very staunchly against ableism. Uh, we can we can agree on that. But also had also did secretly want to knock a blind man's sight aid off. <laughs> <laughs> so seems like your virtue signaling there yeah but um, you know how it goes Eddie like sometimes you walk by a primary school and the only thing that's going through your head is I could punch every single one of them before <laughs> one of them could get me um, Armas is bad at being evil as well though like, yeah. he, take, he, can t- like, he can move shit around like psychically so he decides to like move Data's arm around, like getting to point the phaser at people and go, ah, how does this make you feel? And Data's like, I don't actually have emotions, so yeah. It's just like, well, how how does it feel to be in, that you'll be the one that will be pulling the trigger on on Doctor Crusher? Well, like, oh, you'll oh, be pulling be. the trigger. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the associated guilt that would go with that and yeah. then he points him he makes it point it itself and he's like how does it feel to like face your own extinction and Data's response is just curious yeah. uh, <laughs> intriguing to some extent I guess uh, can't say I haven't wondered they should yeah, just get a on. copy of, if they just get Armus a copy of The Sims <laughs> drown people and set people on fire um, I, I, I do want to point out that in this episode right so Armus's big motivation, he's like, doesn't all the way through. He's like, oh, I don't want anything. I just want to like mess with you. And then at the end, he's like, oh, I actually would kind of like to leave this planet that I'm stuck on in infinite loneliness. Yeah. At which point you're kind of like, well, if you hadn't killed anyone, you just asked. They probably wouldn't yeah. let you. Because like, you could have taken control of the Enterprise like a serious, sensible alien. But there, there is, there is, Starfleet. I imagine has a a quotient, like an acceptable level of how big a dick you can be and they'll still give you an escape from infinite unending loneliness. Yeah. Like, I, I imagine the line is probably slightly underneath 
murdering a bridge crew member in cold blood for no reason. <laughs> but still, I reckon there's like a steals people's lunches from the like break room. <laughs> like it's above that. Like there's there. I I I reckon you could go in and 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 you know start spouting off like alt right slogans and they'd still take you somewhere. Yeah, to the, the, the planet. One of the many, many Nazi planets uh, yeah, that we have in the there's, universe. There's literally a Nazi Earth from Star Trek, the original series. Yeah. Okay? Just, you can turn up there, drop him on their version of Hitler. Yeah. Have at it. You, but... you could walk around and every Starfleet member you see that's a male presenting uh, person wearing one of the Scots... You you could just answer everything that they say with I'm just asking questions, mate. I'm just asking questions, <laughs> and that would probably still be acceptable enough uh, to help you again escape the the absolute unending torment of the void. Well, yeah, because there's a, there's a serious question about this, which is like, how long do you go to prison for for murder in? Like in staff, like in start, like the Federation, because there must be like a prison sentence. Because we know that they don't Tom have capital Paris, punishment. Well, no, Tom and Tom, like New Zealand is like a penal colony that like they sent Tom Paris to in Voyager. Um, well, at the beginning of Voyager, it's a thing. We're going to discuss this when Wesley joins the Academy. There's a really <laughs> good episode, and there's a lot of stuff that we'll have to unpack at that point. But because. At the end of this episode, Picard's like, right, okay, we're not. They all get off the planet, they leave, and then they also like set up a buoy, like to like, let everyone know this planet's quarantined, never go here. Yeah. So Picard has individually decided to sentence Armus to eternal solitary confinement for failing to, like, for killing just one person. Which I'm not saying murder's okay. I am saying that seems long. <laughs> yeah that's like Doctor Who family of blood levels of Jesus Christ I fuck with the wrong person like they don't even leave him like leave him like a, a fucking like a games console give him a switch I, I was under the impression that they killed him <laughs> no they don't I think like they have a discussion no they fire a missile like the Enterprise they fire like a what looks like a oh, photon torpedo but, but and he, blow up he eats phase he eats phaser energy, so maybe that doesn't... It just makes him more angry. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for the best <laughs> that no one's going to go there. Um, I, 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 the only other thing to talk about in this episode is that it's um, Worf gets promoted to acting security chief. And he... Uh, he after Tasha Yard dies, we cut to the, uh, the conference room and uh, Picard is saying, you know... We have to put our feelings aside. We, we we still have a mission. We have to save Troy and Ben to a lesser extent. Um, <laughs> and Worf is just sitting there completely silent and really sad because, well, as we found out earlier, he put all his money on Tasha in the martial arts tournament. <laughs> and now... <laughs> I believe he used yeah. the words sure thing. Don't. Just and the important lesson you should learn from this is if you are going to place a sports bet, wait until just before the event occurs, just to make sure that the person that you're betting on has turned up. <laughs> exactly. Um, How many in? Because back in the 1970s, gambling regulation was all over the place, right? 
Yeah. Do you think that the reason that that policeman brought those shoes home to that mother <laughs> is that he had put all of his money on that primary school in a local tournament and now he'd lost it? And, it, and I mean, I'm talking like the winter heating allowance and now that stupid little fucking kid going and getting his legs chopped off has meant that my little Jenny won't eat. So here's his shoes. You're a terrible That's mother. Also, does that mean, that would actually, by the way, if you're a fan of gambling, you should be in favour of the socialist utopia of Star Trek. Because when everybody's got universal basic income, free food, free accommodation, uh, and can pursue their life, then that means that you don't need gambling regulations to make sure people don't end up homeless. You could literally take every penny somebody's got and not have to feel bad in the slightest. Yeah. So it's a, it's a golden future. It's like gambling. capitalism, but for everyone. <laughs> Right. Um, We've got three more bastard episodes of this season, Mark. So wait, I, I, yeah, I feel I feel like we can we can close this out with uh, when they are at the funeral. Uh, Data says, "Sir, the purpose of this gathering confuses me, and you're not alone there." <laughs> the purpose and format of everything that's happened in season of one of Star Trek confuses me, Data. And the, the worst thing is, from what I understand, although we do get some all-time greats in Season 2, we also get some all-time lows. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, I just want to make this absolutely clear to anybody listening. This isn't just bitterness from me and Mark that we weren't invited to the funeral. Although, right, I did, I, I had, I was, uh, I'd also bet on Tasha. Um, she's the only one who knows the martial art. Yep. Uh, there's like... Steve was wanking on about something called judo. Never heard of it. Jensen uh, was the guy who put together the little platform that our hologram came out of. Yeah, but fortunately for us, uh, Mark, this does open up the possibility of advancement for ourselves. Uh, there's some dead man shoes. We can move up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll take an amputee anyway. shoes. Uh, they don't necessarily have to die. I'll have them delivered to you by a 1970s police officer. That's why I like my Amazon packages delivered. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. Well, thank bye. you. Uh, bye. The Captain Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog.